Bam, we're live. <laughs> I like the way you looked up at the camera. Like, what? Huh? Hey. Hey. I'm C Beaver. How are you? Admission. Admission of my addiction is the first is the first. Admission of my addiction is the first step to getting healthy. I am addicted to Hi, Caleb. Fighters. Cody Durden, what's up, brother? What's up? Good to see you. It's cool. I, I've watched so many videos with you in the last couple of days, getting up on my on my Cody Durden uh, interviews, and uh, I just I was like, God, I hope the belts are in the background when I interview him too. Yeah, man, this is my little spot. You know, I don't so, have a podcast studio, but you know, never know. I might have one in the future. You're getting there. Yes, you're sir. the man, dude. I, I I really appreciate you doing this. Um, there are. Uh, I've been fortunate. The, the UFC's got a lot of cool athletes who who respond, and I realize that you guys are professional athletes, and um, that uh, you guys are busy, and that there's like a hierarchy to like the shit you have to do. And I had to stay on you a little bit to get you to come on, and it's worth it. And, and I'm and I'm really excited for your upcoming fight. And I I just think you're an all around. The more and more I watch your podcast and your interviews, and I see like what a great family man you are. The more and more I respect you. You're just a good dude. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I get. I get, uh, there's gotta be 75 to a hundred different people asking me, uh, for interviews, uh, a month. So it's like a bit overwhelming, you know, you can't do them all. So you pick and choose and, and the ones that are more consistent, the ones that uh, get them. Yeah. And, and it, it's like that. It's, 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 it's funny. It's like that with a lot of the guys I had, um, uh Oh, C beaver. Oh, by the way, this is Caleb down here. What's up, Caleb? Caleb Cody. Oh yeah. Thanks for ma- muting yourself. And his initials are, you know, his first name's Caleb and his last name's Beaver. So I just like calling him C Beaver. Just yeah. it, it, it touches the little kid in me, like yeah, C Beaver. Um, you popped up on my radar. Uh, I, I watch the UFC every Saturday. It's my um, it's my guilty uh, pleasure. But then I've incorporated it into doing my podcast. I'm like, shit. Well, if I'm going to watch the UFC, I'm not only going I'm going to interview all the regular people I interview, but I'm also going to interview uh, U- UFC fighters. I'm going to make my life, you know, like everything tight, right? Right. Like everything pushing, pushing forward. And I can't. I um. I can't, I can't, I can't waste any time. Everything has to be towards pushing towards the goal, whatever that goal is to make the podcast better. And, um, one of the, one of the topics about my podcast, uh, very frequently is, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, form, I was raised in Berkeley, California as a tree, uh, tree hugging hippie. And I still have a lot of those components in me, but as things started getting more and more weird and I saw a country that was willing to use racism, to, they would, they would they would use racism to fight racism. And I know in the end of the day, there's the, the winner's racist. And, and I was ready, you know, I voted for Hillary and Obama and I was seeing just all this negative shit about Trump over and over and over. And I started hearing that he was racist towards Mexicans. So I went and looked up everything I could about this guy. I never saw one racist thing. He said, he said, Mexico's sending over their, their worst people. I'm like that's not racist. Then, then I heard John Oliver say that he's racist because he said Obama was from. I love Obama, but he said Obama was from Kenya or a Muslim, and they and they're, they're saying that's racist. That's not racist. That is not fucking racist at all. Right. And I saw your comment. You're probably fucking tired of talking about it, but I saw your comment. Uh, I watched the fight. And you said I sent this guy packing back to China, and 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 I was so disappointed at Daniel that he walked away from you. I was so disappointed in these fighters because when you think that that's racist, 
You think that because you're racist. Cody could have said, I send this fucking dude packing back to Miami. I sent this dude fucking packing back to Israel. Oh, you would have thought that was racist because you're sensitive about Chinese, Jews, and black people. I sent this motherfucker packing back to Africa. But if he would have said, I sent this motherfucker packing back to Sweden, it wouldn't be racist. And the reason why you fucking people out there think it's racist is because you are racist against Jews and black people and Chinese people. You're projecting what you think onto Cody Durden. I see it every day. I'm walking down the street the other day on a highway, old highway, and a dude's walking towards me, and the dude crosses the street. And on the other side, there's no sidewalk. It's dangerous as shit, right? Right. I didn't think this motherfucker crossed because I look like Osama bin Laden. I thought he, I didn't even get, I was concerned about him. Ironically, it was a black guy. And right. if I would have crossed the street, someone, he could have thought that I was racist. Maybe I am racist. Maybe I'm not. But the truth is that's between his head and he would have to project that onto me. And why would he think that? Because he holds racist ideology in his head. And I, when I saw that you were, I saw these people calling you out, people I like, John McCarthy. I so he outed himself. He's a racist. Uh, Bilal Muhammad, a ra- racist. Um, uh, Casey O'Neill, racist. Daniel uh, Julian Marquez, racist. Jamal Hill, racist. Din Thomas, ra- I didn't. You're ra- You outed yourself by thinking what this guy did is racist. You outed yourself as racist. You know, and, and I saw it, and I just lost my mind. I'm like, dude, these people, and that's why I can't be a Democrat anymore. I'm sorry, I got, I can't. I'm not a racist. And I got three Jew boys. My wife's Jewish. Like I can't, I can't do the, the racist thing. Sorry, go ahead. I yeah. know I'm supposed to be interviewing you and I'm just leveraging you to just drive like the truth home. Yeah, exactly, man. These, these people don't, don't even know me. They don't know my life. They don't know where I was raised. They don't know where I'm from. Uh, all they hear is this, this country accent that I have and that I, I adopted from my family. Uh, you know, it, it, so I'm a, I'm a hillbilly hook, all this stuff. Well, you know, they don't even hardly they should watch some of your interviews. Hardly. You're a gentleman. You're a, a wise man and you're a family man. If, if there were more people like you, we wouldn't have to worry about racism. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's quite funny. You know, a lot of people judge and stuff and and they, they don't know my backstory. They, they don't know that, you know, I'm friends with people of all races, you know. Uh, so I have a I have a pretty big house and uh, I rent the basement out. And, you know, I rented the basement out to one of my gym teammates uh, for three years and he's Hispanic. And then he moved out about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And uh, I had another teammate. He needed a hand. And, uh, you know, he, he lived about an hour from the gym. And I was like, man, you know, uh, just just move in the basement and, you know, I, I'll do what I can to help you because I believe in you because I see the hard work you put in hours every day traveling back and forth. Uh, you know, an hour there, hour back twice a day. I was like, bro, just, just move in the basement. And he's a, and he's, he's a black guy. Let's get a couple of Jews in there, please. I, my wife's Jewish. Can you get a couple of Jews in there next? You had Hispanic black. I think you're racist against Jews because you haven't had any Jews in there yet. Well, Hey, my (laughs) 57 years old. His name's Dr. Felton. You can do your history. Look up, look up Dr. Stephen Felton. He's a Jewish man. Everyone needs a good Jewish doctor in their life. Corner. He's been in my corner, man, since, since I turned, I mean, he's the one that gave me $600 and was like, Hey, go find a good gym and get started MMA. If that's really what you wanted to do. And you know, he's the one that, that he's, he's a Jewish guy. And he's the reason why I started fighting, you know, check the boxes. You got a gay dude in your, you got a gay dude at the gym. You need one of those. No, Caleb, Caleb, Caleb's a gay dude. He'll go, he'll go in your gym. 
I don't, I don't, I don't really. You don't know, and you don't give a fuck. Yeah. Oh, I mean, women. Yeah, I mean, I have some gay women friends, but I mean, what's up? What's up with fight? What's up with fight? What? It's interesting. Um, I don't want to go off in that direction yet because I want to. I want to find out about about your youth. But I really wanted to drive that home. I completely understand the mechanism of racism. The mechanism of racism when you call someone else racist, it's because you're afraid we're about to spot that you're racist. Like I get it. I get it. You had to make the leap of him sending send that guy back to China. You were offended by it. And instead of looking inward and finding out why you were offended, you projected your hatred onto Cody. And it's unacceptable. You people who do that, you are the creators, purveyors of racism. You create it with your offendedness. And then and then you spread it by telling everyone they should be offended and you make them feel guilty. And it's not. And the truth is, those people I named Casey O'Neill, Bilal Muhammad, Julian Marquez, Jamal Hill, Din Thomas, Jeff Molina, Jared Gordon. You're the worst. I still like you, even though you are racist. I'm not even mad at you. I get it. Being racist sucks. It's a miserable existence. You have to do shit like like be in denial. It's like being in denial that you're gay or like it sucks. It must suck. I feel sorry for you. I really mean that. You should all fucking DM Cody and say you're sorry. <clears throat> and that you will stop spreading racism. You'll look at yourself and fix yourself. I, I, mean, I mean that. Peace and love. <laughs> how, how old are you, Cody? I'm 30 years old. Dang. And, uh, and, 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 you're, and, you're, and you're making a run. Your career's in a good spot, right? It is. You know, I, I feel like uh, I haven't. I haven't really showed up to the UFC. I've had, I've, I don't since I got in the UFC, man, I, I've had a lot of uh, camps, you know, tore my ACL, took a fight up a weight class on six day notice, uh, caught COVID weeks before my fight. And uh, now, now it's all coming together, brother. It, 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 you're going to see the best Cody Durden uh, March 19th there is. And, and this, and what the, the, what, what's even funny is this guy that you're fighting, Mohammed uh, Mokayev. Even he got in. This, this is this guy. This guy lives. This guy lives in Russia. Uh, I, I think he lives in uh, London or Manchester. Okay. Or across. Even, not sure. Even even he wanted to throw some stones at you. I am so excited to see this fight. You, um. God, we're we're not going to avoid any controversial subjects. You got the vaccine to go there, right? Right. Uh, was that hard? Was that hard? Like, what if you would have said no? What if you would have just said no? I'm not going to do it. I know. I know. I heard you say that you did it because you want to make money because you want to bring um, food, put food on your family's plate. But what if you would have said no? What What would the UFC do? What would the repercussions be? Well, I, at first uh, I was apprehensive, uh, but then you know. Uh, I started talking to Mick Maynard and, and we negotiated some things and uh, yeah, I, 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 I discussed it with my family and I thought it was, was best, you know, we got to put food on the table and we got to continue to grow. And, and uh, that's what I had to do. So that's what I did. And um, did it cause any um, stress on your parents or your family, or do you feel like you are like morally compromised or anything like that? Uh, no, I mean, you know, we all have our different opinions on, on whether, you know, it, it, it's bad for you or, or, or it really works or whatnot. But at the end of the day, I just, I just had to do what I had to do. And, uh, it was, it was, it was my decision, you know, I wasn't forced to do it. And, uh, 
I did it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think that, um, there's no better reason to do anything than to, to help your family. That's right. I was actually, we, we say that again. Sorry. You got to do what you got to do. You know, you're the provider, you're the man of the, of the house. And, uh, you know, sometimes you gotta, you, you, you gotta put your feelings aside and, and do what you gotta do to, to get things done. So that's good. We, we had a guest on the other day and I was talking and we were saying that, um, we didn't think that anyone should be allowed to run for office unless you have kids. Yeah. And that would, and that hopefully that would change some shit because having kids, you, you do selfless stuff and you, and you probably, you value other, you value your kids' lives more than you value your own life. Well, uh, 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 yeah, I mean that, that, that should be, you know, the code, but you know, not everybody lives by that though. You know, there's a lot of deadbeat dads out there. But uh, I definitely, I definitely try to lead by and be, be a great father. My father was to me. Um, what city are you living in? I live in Loganville, Georgia. And where were you born, Cody? I was born in Covington, Georgia. And uh, were you athletic as a kid? Yeah, my da- my dad had me in sports since an early age: uh, football, baseball. Uh, you know, I was really, really good at baseball. Uh, you know, I hardly ever struck out, but, uh, you know, I got in eighth grade and I just didn't grow. And, uh, so my dad was like, man, we got to find a new sport, you know? And, uh, you know, I got into wrestling. I quit all the other sports and just wrestled year round. And then I started climbing the ladder in the, in the Georgia rankings. Uh, how tall are you? I'm five, seven and a half. And you can't, and are, about, what, and baseball, about six foot standing on my wallet though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jay-Z should use, is that a line from a rap song? I have no idea. Oh, that Jay-Z should steal that shit. That's good. Um, uh, w- w- what's the average height of a baseball player? What, f- why is five, seven? No good. Can't you be like a shortstop or something or be a star player at five, seven or no? I mean, you can, but if you don't have no weight behind you, no, no muscle, no thickness, then, you know, you, you gotta be able to drive a ball. You know, what, what M, uh, MLB players do you know that weigh 145 to 148 pounds? No. Yeah. Are you still a student of the sport? Do you still watch baseball? I do. Yeah. One of my good friends is, uh, Ryan Colesco. And, and he's a pro, uh, he's, he's in the, um, he's a baseball player. Ryan Colesco, uh, he was Atlanta Braves, uh, first baseman, 1995. He won the world series. Uh, that he hit back to back to back home runs. He's the only player to ever do that in the World Series. Yeah, three three home runs back to back to back. Yeah, in the series. Holy shit! Wow. And in 1995, you how how uh, you could you you were four years old. Yeah, I was young. That's nuts. How do you know? How do you know this guy? Uh, we share similar attributes. He likes to deer hunt, turkey hunt, uh, fish, and I met him through a, a friend, and uh, then we just stayed in touch ever since. Wow, that's awesome. And and is he a fan? Is he a fan of MMA? Yeah, yeah, he loves MMA. Yeah, he's actually good friends with Chad Mendez. Oh, shit. Is Chad a Georgia boy? No, he's, uh, I don't know where he's from. Colorado, I think. Well, I- um, but he trained in California, right? He was a Uriah Faber guy. 
Did you yeah. train over there in Sacramento? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But he's I, a deer hunter too. He's an outdoorsman as well. I've been trying to get him on the show for a long time. Do you remember that fight when he fought Conor McGregor, Chad Menendez? Did you watch that fight? Yeah, I did. I thought he was going to win that fight. Yeah, I mean, he dominated the first round, but, you know, he took it on short notice, and uh, Conor had a full camp, and he was ready. And, you know, you, you saw Mendez get, get tired, and uh, Conor's got power. You Have you ever gassed out in the ring? Uh, I'd say my first pro main event, I, I went a little too hard, you know, I, uh, I wasn't used to the emotions, to the pressure and, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know how to pace myself because I had finished everybody usually in the first round and, uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of blew my load a little bit. Is that the fight against Marcus Levister? No, no, this fight was Jared Scoggins. Ah, yes, I see it. Okay, okay. And it went three rounds. Yeah. The decision. Okay. Yeah, it's it, whenever I watch fighting, I always think um, uh, that could, that's got to be the worst thing that could fucking possibly happen to you in there. One of the fighters says it get, can get so bad that you see a punch coming and your body won't even lift your hands up to defend yourself. That's how gassed you are. I was like, holy shit, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it, it can definitely happen. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, um, so in eighth grade, you start, you start, you start wrestling. Is there anything that you don't like about it, or do you just take a love to it right away? Man, I, I liked it. You know, going against somebody your weight. There's no excuses. Just you and him on the mat, and uh, you can slowly start seeing the progress of of these certain techniques that you can do uh, to actually score and control your opponent. And you wrestled all through high school? I did, yeah. Was there ever a moment where you like realized, oh shit, I'm pretty tough? Yeah, man. I always, I got the, in high school, uh, I got the Iron Eagle Award. Through middle school and high school, I had like, I had like 80 write-ups. I was, I was just a bad kid and, and always getting in trouble with fighting you know i was always smaller than everyone i was you know i went to high school in ninth grade i was 80 pounds and wow. i in for 103 weight class with with uh weights in my in my pocket just to be able to wrestle i was so small and uh man i didn't take shit from anyone you know nobody and uh yeah that's i mean i guess that's where i got my fire my tenacity Man, I almost fought the biggest guy in the high school. And uh, I remember we were in the weight room, and uh, he was just picking on me. And we got into a little scuffle, and he he was huge. And we had to go to the office. And I told him, I was like, man, if I was your size, I'd beat your ass. Uh, he looked at me, and he started laughing. And when he started laughing, I was the fire inside of me, just wanting to punch him in the mouth. And then fast forward, so I'm 28 years old. The same guy hits me up on Facebook. He's like, hey, man, uh, you know, I, I saw you've been fighting. You know, I, I want to try it out. I was like, all right, man, come come try it out. I, you know, I send him the address and his name's Carl Williams. He just fought in PFL and he came to the gym that that day and he never left. And 
And me and him get along so well now. You know, he matured, I matured, and we look back and we laugh at that. You know, I, I say, you remember that time I told you I was going, if I was your size, I was going to beat your ass and you laughed at me. And we just laugh about it to this day. But, you know, we were so young and so immature. And uh, now we're, we're good friends. And, and I'm glad to see him being successful. You know, he started at a late age. But, you know, his will, his his uh, willingness to learn, uh, his determination, he shows up. You know, he has to drive three hours just to get here sometimes from South Carolina. And he's not scared to fight anyone. Three Two and O is a pro and fought a guy that was three. And, uh, you know, he got a shot in PFL and, and he won his fight. Caleb, can we see him? Carl Williams, PFL. Are you hunting that dude down? Carl. The, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey. How big, how big is he? Uh, oh, he's a two Oh five or he's huge. Wow. Six, three. He'll tell you, you know, we, uh, you know, I was I was small as could be, but I wasn't I wasn't afraid of anyone. I, I wasn't afraid to pick up a weapon either. Um, did you, what? Where was that fire from? Did you have a chip on your shoulder? What did you have? Like some small guy complex? Did you have like? Uh, did your dad used to beat you? Like where does that that fire come from? Where you're just like, you you're you're ready to stand up for yourself. Family, you know, it was just, you know, how, how I grew up, uh, you know bad neighborhoods uh just people people always try to take advantage of me because i was always smaller you know so uh i always just just like you know i knew i was really good at sports which was but you know my size always hindered me and uh you know once i found wrestling and, and mma i knew i could be good at it so i stuck to it um how old are your kids my son's 10. And my and, and, go ahead. Sorry. Stepdaughter. And how old is she? She's 10 as well. Oh, and um, what, what do you have them doing? What do they do? My sports. Soccer and my daughter, she, she's not really into any sports. So your son's primarily focused on soccer, you said? Right, right. He's really focused on soccer and he's actually pretty good at soccer. So, you know, I don't, I don't push him into to doing other things that he would like to like i don't push him into wrestling or he does do jujitsu as well and he's starting you know here recently he's starting to really like uh jujitsu so does he see what you do does he know what you do oh yeah absolutely he goes to practice with me he he he's been there from the start you know and and does he trip? Like the other day, I was at the beach with my kids. I have two two five year olds and a seven year old, and like they're they're all. I mean, I'm old. I'm forty nine. You're only thirty, but they're always scared I'm going to get hurt. Like if I get on their skateboard or something, like one of my kids will start crying. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. I'm like, what? <laughs> they yeah. must think of me as some crotchety old man. Actually, you know, I had my first pro uh, UFC fight. UFC, my first UFC fight it was August first, two thousand twenty. And uh, I came back, and, and he was on a ripstick uh, August 5th, I think. And he was on a ripstick going down a hill. Bad idea. He hit a rock, yeah. and he broke. He snapped his uh, arm above the elbow. So, you know, he I, I see him, and he's crying. He's hysterical. And then I just see the arm literally shifted over, and the bone 
you know, and it was the most gross, gruesome thing I've seen, you know, personally, but you know, he's a hundred percent now. And, uh, they, they freaking, they heal like salamanders. Yes. It's crazy. I don't know how well salamanders heal, but man, they're like, they're like Wolverine kids. Like the finger breaks off and a new one grows. Exactly. Um, I, sorry to go back to this, the, the, the original thing we were talking about. I want to say one more thing too, for those of you podcasters and commentators and journalists who like, Cody, do you want to take back what you said? How about you fuck off too? No one, no, no, you, when you say that to him, you're making the presupposition that he did something wrong. You're, 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 you're so full of your fucking self. Like get over it. You don't even know what the fuck happened. You don't, you don't even know how to think you're, you're a fucking sleeping drone. And I appreciate the fact that you never walked it back. By the way, these yeah. people who, these people who say, sorry, when you say sorry for something that you didn't do, that, that people think is wrong, but it wasn't wrong. Then you're telling the rest of the world to think it's wrong. He didn't say anything wrong. The guy lives in China. They got into a fucking fight and he told him to go back to China. The guy lived in Sydney, Australia. They got in a fight. He told him to go back to Sydney, Australia. Like, Anything else you make of it, it's you. It's between your ears. Exactly. And and I just these 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 guys. Uh, do you want it? And then you don't even tell your opinion. If you think it's if you're asking Cody to take it back, then I want to hear your opinion. You tell me why you think it's racist. Don't just don't just ask him loaded questions or questions with presuppositions and then not give your take. Why don't you tell Cody to his face, hey, I think you're racist? Let me hear you say it. Because you won't. Cause you can't explain it. Nobody's nobody's, you know, been mad at me or, or said anything to me, to my face, you know? No, he's nobody's came up to me and said, Hey Cody, what you said hurt my feelings. And this is why, you know, well, at least that would be, at least that would be civilized. You know, at least that would be civilized. doesn't matter. I'll, I'll talk to you. You know, I, I you know, I want to hear your opinion. I want, uh, you know, if you come to me face to face, Hey Cody, you hurt my feelings. Let me, let me explain to you why. All right. And so then we have a discussion about it, but no one's, no one's done that. You know, uh, it's just the trolls on Twitter who have fake accounts that, uh, and virtue signaling fighters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fighters, uh, such as them. Yeah. It, yeah. That those are real accounts, but I mean, those people we will see if they say anything to me when, when, you know, when I'm in their vicinity. So, right. Till then, you know, doesn't matter. You know, I'm still getting paid. I still have a 780 credit score. I still have a huge house. I got a brand new truck outside. I have tons of support. I have endorsement deals. I got it going on, brother. And you got a wide a friend, a f- friends from a wide group group of ethnicities and races who support the shit out of you. Yeah, they know who I am. You know, my coaches are Brazilian. Yeah, uh, so. I mean, did you watch the fight last night? I did. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I'm always so impressed by Jorge and, and, um, and, and Colby. I, I really like both of them so much. I love just like their work ethic and how did they, they, they both seem like they came really prepared. I mean, I felt really bad for Masvidal cause I know, I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself, but I was also in the same breath, happy for, um, Colby. What did you think about the fight? Man, I thought, I thought, uh, I knew Colby was a great wrestler. Uh, I thought if if Colby won, uh, the the way he would win would would go that route. You know, he would try to smother him, keep him against the cage, 
and just be relentless with with the hands, the up, down, up, down. And uh, that's exactly what he needed to do to win, and that's what he did. And I'll tell you, uh, Jorge Mostoval is one of the realest guys, you know. I've been uh, staying in the dorms at Coconut Creek the last three weeks, and, uh, you know, just seeing what he says in his interviews and, and, you know, seeing what I see with my own eyes is the truth, you know. He's not exaggerating anything. He's not not telling lies, and uh, I respect that out of him. He's a he's a good guy. Um, I spoke with Alex Caceres earlier today. Do you know who that is, Bruce Leroy? Yeah. Um, and he he has a lot of like backyard fighting, you know, the stuff you can find on YouTube. And so does obviously so does Jorge. Did you ever do any of that? I, I did some backyard boxing with my friends, but not like fighting though. Not where like they like you go somewhere and there's like 400 dudes in the backyard and like you get into a ring and like if you guys fall out, dudes are pushing you back in and yeah, no, no, none of that stuff. That shit looks crazy to me. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, think about how hard your head is and and how soft your hands are. You know, once it to the temple with no no gloves on, you're breaking your hand. You know. Yeah, here's here's Alex. Yep. I think that's him on the bottom there. He ends up winning this, right? Yeah. Wow. Did you what 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 tournament did you win? Who he did back? Say that again. Say that again. Sorry. I said. See, I learned something new today. You know, I knew who I know who he is. I've seen his career, but I never I knew he did backyard uh, brawling like that. Dude, crazy crazy he he's in the weight class up is what is alex is he 135 caleb 145 yeah i had a great discussion with him too speaking of just like being open with people i I brought your situation up to him and he thinks it's completely ridiculous for anyone to say you were racist too by the way but he's a vegan and like i'm on the totally other end of the spectrum i'm like i'm like jumping on that bandwagon of eating raw meat you know yeah yeah and uh and we had a great discussion and he said some really cool shit to me. And I, and I it, like people should just be able to come together and just talk. Yeah. Um, are that'll, you, are you say it again? That'll never happen though. And, and why is that? I mean, with the internet, with, with, uh, with different cultures, different religions, different, um, you know, just, Every, everyone has their own path and and the the people as a whole aren't aren't going to come together unless there's something like a war or something like some like what's going down in Ukraine Ukraine's being invaded you know and uh, they're pretty much helpless uh, Russia could could take over um, and right now they're 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 being light on Ukraine you know they have so much art, uh, their military is so far more, uh, advanced as far as numbers than Ukraine. Um, so yeah, that's why the, that's, that's what would happen to get the world to come together. Isn't it, isn't it interesting too, um, that there was this criticism of you, but I'm now I'm curious now you're fighting a Russian dude and you're from the United States, and there's all this anti-Russian sentiment. I'm curious how the crowd reacts in uh, London when you jump in the ring. Yeah, I mean, he's got a big following. He's he's uh, pretty well-known in Europe, and, uh, you know, when I walk out, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be getting booed, and I'm the villain now. So 
Not in my not in my living room. <laughs> I'm so excited for the fight. Um, so so you do high school, you do wrestling all through high school to your senior year. When when does the um, MMA start to creep in, and and when when does that creep in? Well, I had a I had a kid when I was 20, and uh, you know it it took a like. I had three scholarships to go wrestle in college. And then like at the same time, my, my high school sweetheart was pregnant and I had to, uh, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to go to college or stay home and support my kids. So, uh, I ended up staying here, getting a job, working full time at a factory. And, uh, I had a buddy of mine that was fighting and we were, he was just training at this little gym and, uh, it just had weights and mat room and, we'd invite a couple of wrestlers and, and he was already like six and one as an amateur. And I'd go up there and he used to kick my ass. And, uh, I think that's what made me come back so much. Cause I, you know, I wanted to win and I just, you know, started fighting from there. What did you do? Did you train at all between the age of 18 and 20? So you graduate from high school and you, and your, your, your wrestling career is done and you have, and you're about to have a kid and you get a job. Do you do any training? Do you run? Do you go to the weight room, go to goals, any of that shit? Or it's just a two year break. Well, yeah. Well, from about 18 to about 20, 21, I didn't do shit, man. I just partied. Well, yeah. 18 to 20, I didn't do shit. I, I just partied and I worked. <laughs> But then when I found out, you know, my high school sweetheart was pregnant, you know, my mind shifted to the future. Like, what what are you going to do to take care of this kid? You know, you, you have to work. You have to work hard. You know what it takes. And uh, so my mind shifted to just purely work mode. And then sometimes I would go to the gym uh, in the evenings when I got when I got done working or whatever. But it was mostly, you know, uh, provide for the family and uh then when I was about, I guess, 21, 22, uh, you know, I had the, the horrible breakup and then uh, it was just go to work and then I'd come home to my apartment and uh, I just I just needed to figure out what I wanted to do. And then that's when I, you know, started going to train with my buddy Travis Knight and uh, I just fell in love with it, you know. Is it um is it a different kind of toughness? Did you first of all did you have the toughness that you had growing up, and then was it a different kind of tough, toughness having some guy punch you in the face? Yeah, I mean you had to learn how to take hits and 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 give hits, and you know there'd be a lot of nights I left with a headache because I didn't know how to take a punch, but I just kept coming back for more. <laughs> and, and how do you take a punch? What well, is the rules? The wisdom? Acting, see seeing things coming. You know, a regular person, you know, if I were to fake at you, you would react instantly, you know, uh, just like if somebody bucks at you, you know, when you're coming around a corner, you, you jump back, you know, and you have to be able to, you know, really see the punches coming, uh, that way you can defend them. And if you can't see punches coming, then you're that, those are the ones that you to knockouts you know the the uppercuts that hit right on the chin that you never see coming are the ones that usually lead to knockouts so yeah colby colby uh took one on the chin last night that i'm really i, I can't believe i mean that guy's pressure is insane he he dropped to a knee and got right back up I, I mean the camera angle was a little close it looked like he went down and then came back up do you remember that shot 
Yeah, yeah. Well, his head spun. So anytime you get hit, anytime you get hit on the on on the tip of the chin and your head spins, um, you know, I don't know the scientific reason, but uh, it definitely dazes and confuses you. Confuses you. It like it hits the kill switch. Yes, the the ch- the chin, the right on the right on the tip of the chin is is the kill switch. Yeah, it's so bizarre. And you actually see the guy's jaw will like go like this, and then his head will follow. Yeah, he's he's feeling that one today. I promise you. Yeah, but pro- uh, how about the fight before that um, with the do- or, Dos Anjos? Yeah, uh, I mean he was prepared, and the go- other guy, you know, I trained next to him the last three weeks too uh, at American Top Team. Oh, uh, Moi Moicano. And then he was back in the gym the next week after the fight, but he wasn't in the gym preparing, you know, he wasn't, he would just come in, do a session, you know, uh, but there's a difference in being prepared, going to the gym with a purpose and just being there and training. And you need time to prepare for a guy like Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah, he's a savage. Um, Did you, the commentators were, I mean, I was uncomfortable with it in my own living room. Everyone's like, they got to stop the fight. And even the commentators are like, hey, they got to stop the fight. But I did like what the, um, what's his name, Mark Goddard or whoever the the head ref was. He said, as they went into the fifth round, he said to Moicano, uh, hey, you got 30 seconds to pull your shit together. Right, right. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, uh, man, I thought he he refed it exactly uh, how he should have if he was. Uh, after that round, I wouldn't have been mad. Um, but I did like that. He gave him a fight, a fighting puncher's chance and, uh, it didn't, it didn't go his way, but man, what a warrior, what a warrior to step up and fight the former champion on two, on, on what, three, four, five day notice. I mean, there's a big difference in fighting guys on six day, five day notice that are good fighters, but there's a big difference in fighting guys on six day notice that were former champions that are could potentially still be in their prime. It um do you, was what was Rafael doing in the fifth round? Was he feeling starting to feel bad and just what was going on? What do you think? Because he, he really slowed down, but it didn't look like he had to. I, well, I mean, I think he just coasted. You know, uh, I think he just coasted through that round. He knew that you know he had the fight in the bag and and you know what what why take silly chances and take them down and maybe get caught in a guillotine or maybe get caught in arm bar when you can coast and more than likely this guy who's fatigued tired is not going to knock you out but Morikano did have a great fifth round, though. <laughs> yeah, so, that's why I feel bad for um, uh, Rafael because I was like, oh, he's taking it easy on him, and then Moicano fucking got his win back and started drilling him. Yeah, exactly. So, so that guy trains at your gym also? Yeah, um, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name exactly. Mor- Me Morikano. neither. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't speak English. A little bit. He does? Yeah. And what's it like training over there? Man, uh so first of all, it's in Coconut Creek, Florida, and there's the best the best fighters in the world there. And uh man, the atmosphere, the the fighters is just amazing. You know. Is that is that where is that where Kayla Harrison's at? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. We had her on the show too. Man, she's special. Yeah. She's a beast. And and when you go in there, does everyone's game get elevated? Because I, I guess there's two sides to it. You hear of like th- there could be too many alphas in one room, and then you also hear that ma- that it's good because then everyone's game gets elevated. Well, first of all, when you step on that mat and you know you're at the gym, you, you should be the student. You shouldn't be the teacher. And uh, if if you if you got to leave your ego outside the gym, you know maybe maybe you're trying to teach me something. I'm listening. Okay. I'll always listen. Rather, I want to retain it and actually use it in, in my repertoire. Uh, then that's up to me. But, you know, you can't be disrespectful to coaches that are, that are there doing their job and uh, that actually want to see you do better. And my experience there was great. Um, is there, do tensions fly always in the gym? When people are fighting, like, is it common every day that like tensions will get high in the gym or it's not common? Everyone has great etiquette. Not really common. You know, for instance, like I go to a new gym and when you're a UFC fighter, you always got a tight, a target on your back and fighters just, you know, if they're, they, they just want to go with you, be around, you know, you. And, uh, a lot of times they want to test their self and, you know, me, I learned, you know, I had to say no to people, you know, guys, six foot seven. No, no shit. I'm not shitting you. This guy was six foot six, six foot seven, but he was skinny as hell. And he's like, and we're sparring, you know, we're doing five minute rounds and then we switch. So he's 12 inches taller than you. Yes. He comes up to me and he's like, Hey, let's spar. And I'm just like dumbfounded. I'm like, what is that going to do for me? What is it going to do for you? You know, why would I want to spar you? Yeah, you're not like huge muscle wise, but I am never going to fight somebody 170 pounds that's six foot six. And it just, that that blew my mind that day. <laughs> so what did you say to him? No, I literally you? looked up to the guy and I just had this dumbest look on my face. Like, why would I spar you? You know? He probably didn't mean any harm by it or, or whatever. Maybe, you know, he just wanted to, you know, see maybe how he's I, like, maybe he didn't know how big he was. Yeah. <laughs> in some cases you have guys that are hungry and they're young lions and they want to test yourself against you. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's when things start getting serious. You know, if I don't know you and I'm in the gym, just doing my, I got to train six, seven days a week. You know what I mean? I'm not in the gym every day trying to get in a real fist fight, you know, because tomorrow I'm not going to be worth a fuck or I'm going to get hurt. And uh, I remember this time, you know, I was training and this guy was like, hey, you want to go? Yeah. So we're sparring and uh, I was getting the best of them on my feet, you know, like a veteran should. And uh, man, he started getting mad and he started swinging hard as hell. And then he don't even have any knee pads on. And then he runs and does a switch knee. Uh, I don't know if he went towards my head or my body, but it hit me like right here. And uh, I was like, I was so like, I was like instantly like, okay, like this motherfucker's trying to hurt you. You know what I mean? And then he throws like a spinning back fist and, and his uh, forearm hits me, you know, not even the glove. You're not, you're not throwing spinning back fist on. We're just sparring, you know, like, I'm not here to fucking kill you, you know? 
And so, and it was only, it was only striking. So I picked him up and I slammed him on his head and, uh, he was like, what the fuck, what are you doing? And I'm like, what, what the hell is wrong with you? You know, you're, you're trying to fucking hurt somebody. If you, if you want to fight, we can really fight. And then he said, hold on, let me take my gloves off. Granted, I'm standing over the top of you. <laughs> and you're going to tell me, let's take my gloves off. So I took my gloves off and I was about to smack him one good time. And, and the, somebody came up behind me and like lifted me up, this big old joker. And uh, we got in a little scuffle. We talked or whatever. But did you ever spar with I, that dude again? I ended up, you know, I ended up apologizing to the guy, you know, because as a pro, I should have damn, you know, I'm not in the gym. I'm not at somebody else's gym trying to cause havoc and, and show right. my, and show my dominance. That's not who I am. You know, I, sh- I should have just cut it off right there and been like, bro, you're, you're not a good partner for me. And, you know, moved on about my business. Uh, but instead, you know, uh, when he hit me with that flying knee with no knee pads on and the collarbone, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to hurt him. Is that the most serious incident you've had in the gym in 10 years? No, I've had a lot of incidents. <laughs> had a lot of incidents. Where, where the, those things, where it escalates. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of incidents, but every gym has them. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, how about during, do, do they happen more if, if, if we were to graph incidents and in relationship to weight during weight cuts, do they happen more during weight cuts? Cause people are hangry or have you noticed any correlation between the two? No, they don't happen more during weight cuts because when you're weight cutting, you know, that you're usually around just the people that are, you're around every day. You know, I'm not going to go to another gym and spar and be cutting weight. I'm asking to get hurt, you know? Yeah. And usually weight cuts are done with your coach. You maybe we'll hit pads. Maybe we'll go sit in the sauna for a little bit. It's just, you're not going to learn anything new while you're cutting weight and implement it in your game where it comes out without thinking about it um, in the last week. So there's really no point in, in doing that. So, so you're, you're 20 years old, you, you graduate from high school, you do a little partying, have fun, you, um, end up, uh, having a baby and, and, and you're, when you say you're doing factory work, what kind of factory work? I was working for a corrugation company. Those, those make the things that go under the ground that take water away? No, no. So they make boxes and the boxes get diverted. Uh, we make corrugated sheets and the sheets get diverted into boxes. Oh shit. I heard that's crazy money because of Amazon. I heard cardboard box business is just insane. Is that what it was? The cardboard box business? Yeah. Yeah. So that machine is about a hundred yards long and it's, it's called a corrugator. A corrugator. And is the dude who owns that company rich as shit? It, well, have you ever heard of Pratt industries or CSC Atlanta? Uh, Pratt Industries is, you know, the the leading recycling company in the world. Hey, did you guys? This is off subject here. It's kind of in the cardboard realm. Did you guys ever have to do um, uh, non plastic straws in Georgia? Uh, I don't think so. They have them in Florida, though. I, I just, you know, when I was down there, they had them down there. So they enforced this law in California saying you couldn't use plastic straws or something. So everyone switched to paper straws and there was only one paper straw fucking company in the United States. 
And that guy, I was reading the story on that guy became so filthy rich. But what's crazy about paper straws is they don't work. They don't work with the damn. They sell a product that doesn't work. It's like if you bought a car and you drove it home and then it just broke down in your driveway. Like you put it in, you take two sips, you know, you look at your friend and go use it again. The whole damn straw is like collapsed on itself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it it, it, it kind of reminds me of the vaccine that Pfizer made $38 billion on that. And then I saw a couple of days ago, the CEO said the first two shots don't work very well, if at all. If at all. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. Oh, I'm my. not too educated on that subject, so I can't. I can't put my opinion in on it. I'm going to send you a link about what the lady from the head of the CDC said this morning. Fucking nutball. She said that they got their information from CNN. Wait, you got your. So, so, so it's so ass backwards. It's so ass backwards. Okay. So you're 20 years old and then, and then, um, and you start doing this, uh, with what was his name? Some Travis Knight. What was the guy's name? Yeah. Travis Knight. You, you start training with Travis Knight. When does the idea pop in your head that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fight. I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to put this shit back to use. Uh, I mean, after, it was probably like six months of training with him. You know, I figured I figured it was time to get my first fight. And me being, you know, the the don't give a shit attitude, I uh, I took a fight with a guy at, at 140 pounds. And I only weighed about 136 at the time. Meaning so he's a 160-pound guy who dropped down to 140. He did, yes. Yes. Uh, that was and- my fight. And uh, – you know, I won the first, I think I won the first round and then I, I got submitted the third round. Uh, just, you know, he got on top of me and I could not get this guy off of me. And then it was funny cause I walked up to him after, after that fight. I was like, Hey man, how much do you weigh? He's like, I'm 159 today. I was like, Oh, okay. Well I'm 138 pounds. <laughs> so yeah. Oh shit. You didn't even, you didn't even weigh in at, Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you know what's interesting? That fight of yours right there is not in SureDog. It's only in Tapology. Is that weird? Yeah, I mean, SureDog, uh, there's a lot of fights that I see that I've looked up that SureDog doesn't have. Because they only have you down as having one amateur fight. Yeah, see, that's not correct at all. And how many amateur fights did you have? Uh, six. And and you lost your first fight. Right. And then what happened in your second fight? Uh, I won via, I don't even know. That was freaking years ago. I won. <laughs> and then, and then, and then what, and then when do you decide to go, is, is the whole point from when you start fighting that you're going to go pro? Like, do you know, okay, I'm going to use this to make some money. Uh, not really. You know, I had a good job. I, I was making 70,000 a year and, uh, you know, I, I was working my way up in work and I was working my way up in fighting and I had to choose, you know, which one I wanted to go, go down. And, uh, I chose fighting because I knew I could always go back to the factory work. The factory's not leaving. And, uh, that's what I did. And, and and how about your wife? Is she happy with that decision too? Did she? How does she weigh in on that? She wasn't happy at the time, but uh, you know, she told me the other day. She said, "You know, you know, babe, you you make a lot of decisions, and a lot of times I think they're stupid. Uh, 
but I don't think you've made one bad decision yet, uh, you know, life-wise. And uh, you're a pretty smart guy. I was like, I told you, baby. I'm a fucking fan. <laughs> Are you an analytical guy? Are you pretty analytical, thoughtful? Yeah, I'm very frugal uh, with my money. I'm very, Me too. Uh, I, I think things through. You know, I usually think about, you know, the future. Uh, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't really... Th- I didn't have anything planned, you know, my last fight for that interview. It just, it's just some shit that I said that fucking turned out the way it turned out. And, uh, you know, me being me, I was just like, I didn't even think it was, I just meant to send him back to China. You know, I'm that's not because you're not racist. Political. Yeah. That's I'm because not, you're I'm not, not racist from China. I wanted to send him back home with a loss. I don't fucking look at politics and all this other bullshit that's going on in the world. Like, dude, I, I like fucking, I, I like to wake up early as shit, get, be the first one at the gym, do more reps than anyone and fucking just be myself and shit. It turned out bad after that. <laughs> Are you hyper disciplined? What do you mean? Um, uh, you have no issue, like like you wake up regardless at six a.m. every day. So like last night before I, I went to bed, like, sorry, go ahead. I usually wake up about seven thirty every day. And and do and is that like are you regimented? Are you disciplined? Like do you stay? You don't like you. You're not tempted to smoke cigarettes. You're not tempted to smoke whiskey. You no matter even if you've got a little, feel a little sick, you'll still go work out. You understand that the kids have to go to bed at eight. Like I'm like crazy disciplined. And, yeah. and, and I, and I just can't imagine and it, and it makes my life great when I'm not disciplined on my shit sucks. Yeah, exactly. So yes, I would, I would consider myself hyper disciplined because, you know, I, I like structure, stability, and, uh, you know, I like to get shit done and th- there's no other way to get shit done than to be consistent, show up on time, punctuality. And, uh, yeah, man, stay consistent. Like I, when I was, but I wasn't always like that. When I was younger, I would feel like obligations to do. Like if someone, like I have friends who come to my house and watch the fights. And ten years ago, I would have felt like I had to entertain them. Yeah. Now I'm not, now I'm not like that at fucking at all. Hey, come in. The fridge is over there. Clean up after yourself. I'm sitting here. This is my chair always. And like, fuck, I don't know you shit. But I, yes. but I want you here, and I love you to death, and I'm so glad you came. But you're on your own. Yeah. So when my, when my wife has friends over and stuff, uh, they'll tell you like, they don't even give me shit anymore. You know, my wife be like, you're so rude. You know, we, we, they come over and they want to hang out with us and blah, blah. And you go to bed at 1030. I'm like, yeah, fuck. I trained for four hours. <laughs> what, what the fuck did they do? You know what I mean? What the fuck did you do? You were at home watching TV. Like I'm tired. You know what I mean? And, and, like I felt like that, you know, she felt that I had to entertain and I don't feel like I have to entertain anyone. They're they're people are I mean, my friends are fine sitting on the couch, you know, watching yeah. TV. You know, they don't need to be uh oh Cody this, Cody that. Like we're just regular people. Like I like I'm always the first one to go to bed if if uh if we go out or you know, I always, I always have to, like, I don't like staying up till one in the clock in the morning, two in the clock in the morning. Yeah, me neither. Like, I like getting to bed early and, and wake up that way I can get shit accomplished the next day. And that's just how I am. And, 
And uh, I used to be, you know, like staying up late, but I just don't have the energy for that shit. I'll even, it, this is a super common thing for me. Like I have to work out every day, even if it's, just, even if it's just 20 minutes, I have to. And I got a really nice gym in my garage, but like, it's not uncommon for my whole family to be over at my house and someone's setting the dinner table. And I'm like, they're like, where are you going? Seven. I'm like going to work out. And like 10 years ago, cause I was raised to be polite and nice. And 10 years ago, I would have felt bad, but now it's like, doesn't matter. Like this, ha it's seven 30 at night. I haven't worked out. I've been with the kids all day. You guys are now going to have dinner. I'm going in the garage to sweat my ass off. These things fucking have to get done. Even right. if it, it's no offense to you. I'm not, I'm not it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with me. Don't right. take offense to it. I'm not trying to be rude to you, but my shit got to sweat. <laughs> exactly. Like, like you just have this shit you have to do. It's cool that your wife said that to you. Um, Cause I always trip on the fact of like, this is just a common theme of the podcast that when you have great people, you have to have a great mate that understands that, that this person doesn't mean offense by not doing all the formalities that, that society wants you to do. But like great people don't, don't fuck with that stuff. Yeah. Do you know how many friends I have and, and how many kids they have and, and how many birthday parties that, you know, I've missed all my friends pretty much know, like, Cody's not coming to the birthday party, but why didn't Cody come to the birthday party? Well, because you, you, you had your birthday party at seven, uh, at, at noon on a Saturday. And that's when, when I'm practicing. So, uh, you know, I, early on in my career, when I first turned pro, there was a lot of bitching and, and I, Oh, Cody never comes to this, this, like, man, I'm a busy guy, you know? And I put, I put training before everything everything for instance like uh and there's one one time i do regret there's one time i do regret uh my wife's birthday dinner uh i had a fight the next week and she was like oh my family you know set up the birthday dinner at wednesday at at six o'clock and i said well i got a fight next week i'm i'm gonna be training and i actually went and trained while they they had the birthday dinner but, you know, I, I do regret that one. Why? Why do you regret that one? Well, because, uh, you know, <laughs> I look back and and that one practice, you know, I don't think it would have affected anything. When I, all these years, I do think it affects things if you consistently do it. But if you right. don't consistently do it and you do it that one time, and that was a special moment for her, uh, she don't bring it up. She don't mention it. But like when, when the Facebook memories come up and shit and you see it, you're like, you fucking dick. Oh, you're a good dude, man. Wow. <laughs> That's some good shit. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and you think how much more, I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with you, but, but I'll agree with you for a second. You think about because she knows how disciplined you are, a mat, she knows how much that would have meant that much more to her. Yeah, exactly. And that's right? that's like the cool thing about being around honest people like they're like hey that outfit doesn't look good on you hey you drive like shit hey you shouldn't fucking eat that food and then one day they're like damn you're moving good today you're like well shit that, i must be moving good today because that person always tells me the truth yeah instead of sugarcoats that shit exactly yeah the whole discipline thing do you drink at all i do but uh when i drink i, I try not to get drunk like uh, like during fight camps, I, uh, I'll have a glass of wine, but uh, two glasses max. But I don't, I don't drink. I never drink. Like I, I have, I've had my days back in the day 
where I uh, drink to get smashed, you know, and I could turn into a different person. And so I had to learn that it's okay to drink. You just have to know uh, how much to drink. So I usually have about two drinks and I'm done. It's crazy for me to think that you're 30 years old. I was just thinking about what I was doing at 30 through my, I just didn't, I just didn't have anything going on that you have going on. I just, it was like, I mean, I was in, yeah, it was just, it's just, it's, you have so much responsibility and personal accountability. I think you have two 10 years old, two 10 year olds and you're 30 yeah. and I'm 49 and I have two five-year-olds and a seven-year-old. I'm in a, like a totally, when, you, <laughs> when you're, your kids will be 25. You beaver? <laughs> it's pretty funny, ain't it? He got his hands full. I got a few years left too, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> are you gonna have more kids you think cody uh no nah, no nah, we're, we're we're not having any more kids so um yeah. do, do you think um what do you think what do you think happens do you do you have a um kind of an end game to your career like maybe like uh that you go into coaching or that you save enough money so you can just live in a cabin and fish all day or is, is there a plan like, because you said you're frugal and I'm frugal too like I just I'd rather have a hundred bucks in my pocket and not have to worry about how much gas costs than have a nice car like it's more important to me to be able to go to the store and buy avocados and not look at how much they cost and drive a shitty car yeah uh well do you have a plan? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna open a gym up one day, and uh, until when that happens, you know, I'm 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 looking into uh, buying and and flipping houses, and or you know, getting to the 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 housing market. Yeah, that's smart. I um, I knew that I was really bad with money, so as soon as I started making shitloads of money, that's all I did. I just bought houses. And, and, um, anytime I'd get a paycheck, I'd just pay it down towards the mortgage and I never saved a cent. Yeah. And then when all, and then when all this shit fucking happened and the whole world fucking went to shit, all the pussies took over for the last two years, like my shit was fine because I had invested in real estate. It, I'm so fucking lucky. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. And I just invested in real estate. So smart. There you go. Yeah. So smart. Let's just hope we don't go back to 2009. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I my first house I ever bought, and thank God for my wife, because I can't do any of that adult shit. Like I can make money, but I can't like the the paperwork or like signing all those papers or like having the guys come out and inspect the house. Like I don't want to do any of that. So in 2011, we had saved a bunch of money, and um, we ended up buying a house, and it was at the bottom of the market. Yeah, and the, and the market skyrocketed. That was our first house. But I think even if even if you're saying 2009 because everything went to shit, right? Yeah. But that would be a good time for then you to buy a house. Yeah, exactly. That'd be perfect. Yeah. But yeah. for you, if you own uh, multiple houses. Well, the thing is, I just rent them out and rents, oh, okay. are, rents are skyrocketing. Here, I'll tell you how frugal I am. My wife and I lived in this 860 square foot home, right? Yeah. And our mortgage was 1100 a month. But yeah. I knew I could rent the house for 4000 a month. It was in Berkeley, California. So I told my – and we had tons of money, but I told my wife, this is completely financially irresponsible. We have to move into a shittier house so that someone else can pay us, and we moved out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, and like you can do that when you're young and don't give a fuck. You're like, dude, you can rent my house, and, and, and now I make three grand a month on it instead of it costing me 1100 a month. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, do you know James Krause? 
Uh, I don't know him personally. Uh, I know, I know about him though. You know, I've seen him coach and, and, uh, and he's a good coach. Yeah. I just like his whole, I mean, I don't know him that well. He's been on the podcast before, but I just like his whole story. Fighter, coach, businessman, investor, just like dad. Like he's just got his shit going on. I just admire that. Yeah. Um, you're going to go into this fight. When is the fight? It is. Uh, I wrote everything down except for when the fight is March. March 19th. March 19th in London. Um, are you 100% healthy now? Like, is I this. Am, yeah. you, I'm healthy. You had, you had the pink eye, you had the broken toe, and you had the knee surgery. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm 100%. There's no excuses this fight camp. There's no COVID. There's no injuries. Uh, I'm the best. I'm the best I've ever been. It's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, it was it, it was all, thank you for letting me just dig around. I know that you're probably exhausted of some of the things we talked about. Thanks for letting me dig around. Thanks for being so real. And um, and it, it it is the it's the best fight on the card. I think it's the most exciting for me personally as a as a Cody Durden fan. I just love how honest you've been. Um, and and I look forward to seeing you fight, man. And we'll be in touch. I'll keep bugging you in your DMs. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good day. All right, brother. Appreciate Thank you. It. Thanks, Cody.